Good morning. Welcome. So great to watch how this worship service has come together and the songs that were chosen. I'm just so thankful for them. Um, happy New Year. Happy New Decade. My name is Holly Timberlake. I'm the Director of Adult and Family Discipleship here at Faith Westwood. And um, Friday, I celebrated 14 years here. I'm... <laughs> Thanks. Um, thank you very much. Um, I'm really thankful for um, Pastor Doug Delb, um, who was here at the time and um, offered me this opportunity to serve here and the staff parish committees that they um, saw something and gave me this opportunity. Um, just really super thankful for that and um, so happy to be here today. I'm glad that um, Pastor Steve, um, I feel honored that he invited me to speak with you um, at the beginning of a new year. I've um, also been really thankful for Faith Westwood because it's been um, a place where I feel like I've grown up in my um, leadership. And this has also been the home <laughs> of my children. Um, they've never really known anything besides Faith Westwood. And so I've been so super thankful for the children and student ministries here that have created environments for my kids to explore their faith and get to know um, the God that I love so much. I want to thank each and every one of you for rallying together again in generosity. Um, we asked um, for you to help us fill up Central Middle School's closet, the zone, and you guys have been so generous. My office is a mess with all of the wonderful things that you've brought, so thank you so much for that. I can't wait till next week that I get to somehow deliver all of these goodies and personal care items so that the kids at Central Middle School that need to know that somebody cares will have these things that they need so, so much. Um, before we get started, um, I would like to begin in prayer, so if you would be in a spirit of prayer. God, I want to thank you so much for this opportunity today to um, be with your people and um, to share um, something that you've laid on my heart. Um, I pray for us as we begin a new year that we will be open to, to your leading. I pray for the Holy Spirit to be with us um, and for us to um, receive whatever it is that you have for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Okay, so when I first started here at Faith Westwood, um, I remember it almost like it was yesterday, walking through the west entrance upstairs and kind of asking God, why Faith Westwood? <laughs> I mean, I just wasn't quite sure. And um, I don't know if you ever asked God questions like this, but I did that day. And um, sometimes when I ask God questions, I get, you know, static, not much. Um, but this particular time, I remember it came so fast, and it, the words that I heard was, because I love them. And, you know, I'm kind of ashamed to say this, I was looking for something more, like, heady. <laughs> um, but it just, it humbled me. I was like, oh, well, that makes a lot of sense. You love them. So, the first message that I have for you today is I want to make sure that each and every one of you 
know and understand and don't leave here today without knowing how much God loves you. You know, sometimes I hear God loves me and I think, oh, God loves that person next to me. I know he does. Yeah, that sounds right. But I don't know. Sometimes I think it's really important for us to be able to feel God's love and to know inside of our being and the emotions of God's love. You know, the Bible says that he knows how many hairs are on the top of your head. For some of us, we're making it a lot less every year for him to count. So you're welcome. Um, But he loves you. He adores you. One of the things that you would know about me if you spent a lot of time with me in a small group or other setting is I kind of am obsessed with self-help books. Trying always to figure out how to get better at whatever. And I feel like the more I learn about myself, the more I find I am a complete mystery. I wonder why my husband doesn't know what's going on. I, I don't know. But you know, God foreknew me. He foreknew you. He gave gifts and talents to each and every one of you. He knows where you're sitting right now in life. He knows what's on your heart and what you're concerned about. And he knows what's going to happen tomorrow. He knows your future, and he is going to be with you. He loves you so much. God loves you so much that he sent his son, Jesus, here on this earth to live a totally different way, to show us a totally different way of living of denying himself, dying on a cross, and raising again. He just loves you so much. And so I just don't want you to leave today without knowing that God loves you. Um, Like I said, Pastor Steve has asked me to talk about blessed today, and um, this scripture came to mind. Um, uh, It's tattooed on my husband's chest. Um, Matthew 28, 16 through 20. Um, If you would like to look it up in the Bible, in your pews, it's on page 1,000. I'm going to go ahead and read that scripture. Again, thank you, Lori, for doing that earlier. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. To give you a bit of context here, Um, This is happening on a mountain, a mountain that Jesus and the disciples have been on on other occasions. Um, This is happening after Jesus' three years of ministry. It's after he died and rose again. And um, he gathered the 11 there. And the first thing that the 11 did is they worshiped. You know, I thought it was really interesting that it says, even though some doubted, I I hope that you know that this is a place on Sunday morning that you can come and worship through your doubts. Jesus completed the work through his life 
and death and and resurrection, and Jesus has been given all authority in heaven and and on earth. In fact, what this means is Jesus is now ruling the world. You might be wonder, you might wonder how that is possible. Well, N.T. Wright in Matthew for Everyone explains, this does not mean that the world is exactly the way Jesus intends it to be. Instead, the claim is, that every kind of wicked, I'm sorry, the claim is that Jesus is working on taking it from what it was under death, corruption, greed, and every kind of wickedness, and to bring it by slow means and quick under the rule of his life-giving love. How is he going to do this? The shock is through his followers. I wonder what it must have been like for the 11 getting this instruction. They weren't very specific instructions. They were go and make disciples. I wonder what it would have been like if the 11 of them, I don't know if you guys kind of pick up on this, but it's kind of a nice small group, 11. It's kind of a good number, you know. They could have just sat up on the mountain and thought, gosh, what did we learn? What did Jesus teach us? And they could have just reviewed about it and talked about it and sat there and just enjoyed each other's company, maybe cleared out all those doubts before they were ready to go. But we know that's not what happened. They went. They got up and they left the mountain and they they went. And my guess is they kind of fumbled through it. They didn't really know what they were doing. Like, we don't know what we're doing. (laughs) Like, they just went and made disciples. This scripture has been named the Great Commission. It's not a word that I hear very often in regular life. Nobody at home is saying commission to me. But I think it's so cool that it was called the Great Commission because of that word co. I mean, it's just, it literally blows my mind that God up in heaven has this big, huge job of bringing the kingdom of God here on earth. And he says, I'd like to do it with you guys. I'd like you to partner with me and labor with me and do this with me. That he says, Let's do it together. So cool. What we know is that we get to connect people with the love of Jesus. A little Faith Westwood history. I didn't get corrected on this after the first service, so I'm thinking maybe I got some stuff right here. (laughs) St. Paul's Methodist Church in Benson knew about these last words of Jesus, and they took them to heart. Dr. Alva Clark had a vision to plant Methodist churches in the city of Omaha, often in open fields to the far west. With encouragement from the Omaha District Superintendent, Reverend Everett Jackman, and the support of the Omaha District Committee on Building and Locations, St. Paul United Methodist Church planted four churches, Rockbrook, Maplewood, St. Luke's, and Faith Methodist Church. St. Paul's United Methodist Church gave resources supported to launch at our church. People before us that did not know us wanted to reach people for Jesus. My guess is they knew about Jesus' last words. They also supplied people support with the building of the parsonage and the appointment of Pastor Rolla Swanson in 1963. Faith Methodist Church was born. Worship and Sunday school began in the basement of the parsonage. 
Later, the Westwood Heights Evangelical United Brethren Church and Faith Methodist Church merged and became Faith Westwood Methodist Church. The first person appointed to this merger was Harvey Gable. Harvey Gable um, built kind of the DNA of Faith Westwood. We have a chapel upstairs named after Harvey Gable. He was known for going in this neighborhood, driving a motorcycle. I think you probably heard that. Heard the sound of the motorcycle door to door just to spread the love of Jesus to people. When I first came on the scene here in 2006, the people here, some of you all are here, were talking about something that I had never heard of before. It was called a second campus. You see, Pastor Doug Delp cared about those people that had not met Jesus yet, that did not know God, and so he thought, let's try this, let's give it a try. And the people here were willing to take a risk and do something very, very different. Oh, at that time, there were only about, I think he said 15, when I was talking to Doug, he said about 15 other churches were doing this. They really didn't know what they were doing. They just started going and doing it. They found Pastor Craig, Pastor Greg, Craig um, launched the Water's Edge. And when I was talking to Doug about this um, the past couple weeks ago, he said that he celebrates today that there are two healthy churches. You know, it wasn't exactly, it didn't go exactly as we intended, but I feel like it went way, way further than we would have ever expected. I am thankful for Pastor Steve's heart. He cares deeply for all of you. It'd be very easy for him to spend all of his time and energy just within the walls of this church. But he wanted to find a vision that would impact the community in this, this community around us, and so he found Bless. We don't know how far Bless is going to go. We don't know how many people will be impacted. When we think about making disciples, we really need to think about what Jesus did, how he made disciples. And that's why I really like Bless. Um, it's really easy to remember. I have a hard time sometimes memorizing things or thinking through things, so I've been able to quickly um, remember this and call it to account. So I'd like to review it a little bit with all of you again. Um, so the B in bless is begin with prayer. When I think about this, the first thing I think is pray for myself. I can put my foot in my mouth. I can make mistakes. I just, not that I'm trying to be perfect in front of people, but I need to pray for myself. Also, um, I pray for those who don't know God. Would you be willing to pray for a coworker? L, listen with care. People will not feel loved until they are listened to. Jesus modeled this. Will you listen to that neighbor who is discouraged and needs hope? E, eat together. This can be any shared activity. Accept invitations and invite yourself into the life of others. When you were invited somewhere new, will you accept the invitation? S, serve and love. 
Remember, in a blessed friendship, it's just as important to let ourselves be served as it is to serve. Will you deny yourself and serve and be served? S, share your story. All this means is let a little of my life in Jesus spill out, even with my words. When given the opportunity, will you share what God is doing in and around you? You know, I believe Faith Westwood Church is a wonderful place to make disciples. I love the worship ministry. I love the student ministry. I love the children's ministry. I'm so crazy about our small groups. I think we have wonderful ways that we connect with one another here. The problem is that there are several people in this community that are not going to come to our church. In fact, some are saying anywhere between 40 to 60% of the people who are invited are not going to come to church. That experience um, makes me think of something that happened to me recently. Uh, my husband has been appointed to two churches, um, and I had the opportunity very recently to go and visit with him and much like you, these congregations are warm and inviting and welcoming, and they just, they, they make me feel so welcome. But I will tell you, it was awkward. I made the decision to sit in a pew kind of early in the front, and I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know where to sit. I didn't know when to stand. Couldn't find the liturgy in the hymnal, and I, it, it was just uncomfortable. It was really awkward, and I've been coming to a Methodist church for quite a long time. And I was feeling very uncomfortable. I can't imagine what it's like for someone to walk in through these doors, let alone come through the worship entrance here at Faith Westwood, especially somebody that has never had a church experience in their life. I can't imagine how difficult and challenging that would be. But that's another great reason that we have this thing called blessed. I want you to think for a minute. Think about your coworkers, family, neighbors, people you know from the gym or school. Now think about how many people you know that to your best knowledge don't currently attend a church. And maybe you even think that if you invite them, they're probably not going to come. And you might know why they aren't coming because you know their story. You might feel helpless and wonder if they will ever find the love of Jesus. Would you raise your hand if you can think of one person like this? Just one. Okay, so we got a couple. Now the question I have for you, are you willing to bring the church to them? You have the love of God in your heart and in your life. When you are present with people and you follow the principles of bless, you connect them with the love of Jesus. You are bringing church to them. That's all bless really is. Us being the church to those around us, wherever we go. I know it's uncomfortable and it's risky to go and make disciples outside the church building. I really enjoy making disciples inside the church building. The thing is, we do not 
have to go very far. One of the pictures that I got when I was working on this was I, I saw this big field, a huge, huge field, and it was like right outside the door of Faith Westwood. And it's dark, dark, fertile soil. And that soil had been tilled, and it was just like ready for seeds to be put in. I believe that we do not have to go very far to make disciples of Jesus Christ. We just have to go outside the door of our church and do our everyday lives. And we are gonna find people that are ready to hear the good news. Would you be willing to ask your coworker if you could pray for them? Would you be willing to listen to the struggles of a neighbor? Would you be willing to hang out with people that don't know Jesus? Are you willing to serve? Would you be willing to share the good that God is doing in your life? So when I think of the word make, as a mother of three children, I think I can't make anything besides like a cake or dinner. Because I don't know how to make people do things. Has anyone potty trained before? Like trying to make someone do something is very, very difficult unless you're bribing them, coercing, I don't know. But when you look at the word make and you think about how Jesus made disciples, he did not force himself on people. He asked questions, he listened, he asked people, what do you want? He went to people and he asked them how he could help them. He didn't force himself. So how he made disciples was he gave up his life. He denied himself and that is how he made disciples. You might be sitting here today discouraged by the reality that people far from God are unlikely to walk into this building. You might be even angry or sad or hurt by this reality. The the reality is with this whole come to us model, we are only catching catching people only two hours a week. What about the other 100 or so waking hours that we can connect people to the love of Jesus? This year, I'm praying that God will open our eyes to see what Jesus is already doing, to give us clear vision on how we can join him, where we can bring light, hope, and prayer. I'm looking forward to hearing the stories of who you brought the love of Jesus to. Who does Jesus want you to bless? Recently, I was at a training in Hastings. I'm getting to know small towns in Nebraska, I guess, because they're all getting mentioned today. No, some of them. Um, And it was a training on something called Fresh Expressions. And Fresh Expressions is an idea of bringing new, um, bringing church to people, kind of like what we're talking about today. And um, I heard about a Fresh Expression initiative that really intrigued me. Um, This church in Grand Island, it's a Methodist church, we're Methodist, um, put up a little coffee shop in their parking lot on Wednesday mornings. On Wednesday mornings from 7 to 9 a.m., they have something called Perk and a Prayer. And when I heard about this, my heart just rejoiced because I was thinking, what if that cup of coffee and that prayer is the only connection to God that those people have for that week. Yeah. 
I'd like to celebrate that we have 100 people who have agreed to be a blessed friend to someone. We are having a blessed meeting on January 19th at noon in the fellowship hall. There will be food. There's pasta, pasta bar. You are invited to come. We would love to have you. If you're curious about what it means to be a blessed friend or if you have questions, the, really the purpose of it is just to be encouraged about being a blessed friend, to encourage one another. I'm really excited about this new year and the adventures that we will go on. The end of today's scripture comes with a promise that Jesus will be with us. It says, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. When John Wesley had done his work and was even now passing within the veil, we are told that gathering up what strength remained in him, he cried out, the best of all is God is with us. He had put Christ's promise to the test as few have done, and he had found it true. Christ's presence is for all the days of the church's history, for each hour of the day of every Christian man's life, the light of life's solemn evening, but no less surely the strength of life's strenuous noon, and the joy of life's bright morning. The best of all is God. God and Christ is with us. Let's pray. God, um... We thank you for this day, this new year, this new beginning. We thank you for all the people that you've put in our lives that aren't going to come to church. We thank you for the love that you've given us, that we can actually bring the love that you have to those that don't know you, don't understand you, or for some other reason just won't come to, church, to a church building. We pray for strength and courage for us as we um, try to be bold in being deep, daring, and daily disciples. Holy Spirit, I pray for us as we leave today um, that we will be strengthened by um, your presence. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.